everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of Outspoken. I'm your host, Justin White. And today I have a disclaimer. Um, this is my first ever phone recording for a conversation. It was conducted via Skype, uh, basically speakerphone to computer. And um, so you can hear an echo and there's was a bit of a delay for us. So we sort of talk over each other a couple times. But we got used to it, and I think you get used to listening to it. It's not a big deal. Um, please bear with it this one time. Uh, I'll record a better phone thing next time. Um, if this happens to be the first episode you've listened to about Spoken, then uh, check out another one where the audio is good. Uh, but I felt it was more important to honor the conversation, the content, uh, and my friend who uh, gave up a lot of her time to talk to me. Um, so my guest is my friend Sophia. She's um we've known each other a long time, 13 years I think. And um we met under very different circumstances than either of us is in today and um we talk a bit about that and she shares the story of how we met at the end. So um I'll let that be what it is. Um this little bird in my backyard had something to say, and then uh, we'll talk to Sophia. I think there's some kind of like filtering going on for everybody. There's some sort of like, well, I'm with this person, I sort of have to keep it cool. I can't talk about these things, or I, you know. I won't swear in front of them or what, you know, there are like ways that you sort of censor yourself, even really in subtle ways um, that I think start to bleed into how you think about yourself. So like, even when you're by yourself, you're saying you're having these thoughts about like how you behave and you're still, mm-hmm. you're still sort of censoring it. And, and like, I think, I don't know if everybody does this, but I think it's, it's pretty common for people to be like, well, you know, they're telling themselves a story that fits the image that they're presenting in the world. And then when they're by themselves, they're still telling that same story. If you're not totally open and honest with self when you're alone, that can get a little shaded. But, and that's why, and it's not, it's looking within, it's not something you just do and you're done. It's a constant. Exactly. So if you constantly (laughs) do that, those filters that you put when you're out in the world can, um, you kind of know them. Like, are we on? Is this happening? Or? We are We are on, yes. Sorry. <laughs> I just took a drink of coffee casually, but yeah, we're, we're actively. <laughs> so when we were talking about like the area I live in now with, you know, it's a very Republican and Trump. So I have people, my friends that, um, are Trumpians are and um and that's hard for me but I know in order to maintain that friendship I have to kind of um sidestep around that subject or not yeah just just never bring it up go there but when I'm alone I'm not (laughs) sidestepping that yeah (laughs) of course yeah, well, so that... there's no sidestepping that subject when I'm alone. So, right. um, um, but I do see what you're saying where when people are, um, we want to put on this face and, you know, some days, 
like some days you don't feel good. Some yeah. days you feel bad. And I think um, being open about that too. It would be we amazing always, if we were allowed to be. We want to be polished. We want to be show the world our best selves, which is good. But um, unfortunately, we're not always our best selves. Yeah. So. It's not good if it's you know detrimental to you to have to put on that mask. You know, it, beca yeah. it becomes, I think you create suffering for yourself when you have to go out in the, into the world and be a different person than you actually are you know i think you're yeah. you, you think you're making your life easier by trying to conform and fit in to to what society is looking for but i think you're creating more problems because you're, you're getting further and further away from your true identity and you're basically living a lie and you're trying to live that lie you know consistently even though it's out of keeping with how you feel and who you really are and i think that does crazy damage to your psyche to your you know psychic health that's totally. Idea. It's That's... it's like you're adding layers and layers and layers of falseness. Yeah. That you, you have to that you have to like think about and keep up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you you look you have to literally peel off each of those layers that you're adding on. Yeah. Uh, to to get back looking within. To get to the it's truth. It's gonna take you longer and harder to get to that. <laughs> that buttery sweet spot <laughs> just completely you know in a meditative and it's so hard to get there because you know layers and um being different out there in the world that's only one of a billion trillion things that um trap us yeah and um take us off our course so if you can eliminate the unnecessary things, like there's a lot of things in life that um, happen. Mm -hmm. So if you can avoid certain <laughs> things yeah. that you don't need that layer, why um, why do that to yourself? You can right. free yourself from that extra bit of layer. You're already going to have to deal with negative and bad people out there. Yeah. And that stuff you have to like remove to to unwind at the end of the day right. unless you're like really lucky and you can just like let it slither off your skin yeah i don't know how people do that, that. but it yeah. makes sense to me yeah i've been a sponge my whole life i don't i don't know how people let it roll off like that i'm i'm envious you know be great yeah it'd be great if it just like you know doesn't matter doesn't matter what you think but i always i think because i mean I don't know the full psychology of it, but from my own experience, I think when you're insecure, when you're, when you're young and you're insecure and people tell you things about yourself, you believe them, you know, like if you don't, if you don't, if you're not sure of yourself and who you are and how you fit in the world, if somebody tells you you're a piece of shit, then you're a piece of shit, you know, you believe it. And I think that people's, you know, you can have some real damage done in those early years by very, you know, what people consider to be just minor statements, you know, somebody might just throw out some little joke or some, they might tease you a little bit and think it's not a big deal, but to you, it's, it's huge. It's like going right into your heart and twisting the knife. Cause you're like, right. Oh, you're telling me I I'm dumb or I'm worthless or I'm whatever. And I believe every word of it. And then you have to like, you know, that's one of those layers you're talking about. 
but it's yeah. somebody, but somebody else imposed it on you and you're just, right. you just sort of accept it because you think you have to, or you think it's true. So I think the self-reflection, you have to go through all of your own. I mean, if, if you didn't put any of your own stuff in the way, you'd have a much easier time at looking back and saying like, Oh, well this happened to me and that kind of messed me up. And then there was this incident and then I lost this person. And then that, you know, you could sort of trace the steps to what, like where the damage was done. But when you're, but when you're telling these other stories yourself, you're telling basically lies about yourself just to feel okay in the world. Then, right. you, then you have this whole other, like you just have all this history to go back through where you have to untell that story. You have to rewrite that whole history just to get back to the very beginning where you're like, oh wait, who was I again? Before people started yeah. telling me who I was, you know? So mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's been what I've been doing for 40 plus years, you know, just like going back to like, wait, who was the original guy in there before all this, all this other stuff was laid over? is to is to listen to what it is we really want you know and when you when you feel like you know what you want as long as you're not like steamrolling somebody else to get it then mm -hmm. then I think you should go for it you know it's it's yeah. true it's your own true you know resonant vibration calling out to the universe saying like you know what's out there for me that that fits with this you know channel and yeah. so you got to open up and be that, you know, be the open channel to let that stuff in. And then you get to one by one, shut down the other channels that don't, yep, that, that are just static and, point. you know, and other, it's shit you don't want to hear. It's like flipping through the radio dial and you're like, well, that sucks. I'm never going to go back to that station again. Yeah. And this is horrible. And this, you know, so you wait until you find what feels right with you, not with, the you that people, you know, told you you were, or the thing, you know, the all your defense mechanisms created this other identity that isn't really true. Uh, yeah, I think the more you can just tune out those other channels and tune into your own, the more everything's going to start to <laughs> go the way it should, you know, because you're living yeah. according to your own your own law. Yeah, because you know. We are so heavenly influenced with our environment, family, friends, all these things that we're constantly bombarded with. We are influenced by that. So it can tear us off the track. And then the other thing you're saying that you have to step away from things and you, um, you got to that's another thing that could be a challenge and hard and a consequence of getting to the next step yeah. or getting closer to, I look at it as like a ladder, you know, okay. you got to climb up this ladder to your ultimate best self. 
Okay. Because we're, we're not always our best selves, but our, we want to get there. We want to be um, everything that would define a good person. Hopefully, not everyone wants to be a good person, but... I think, you know, I think um, they do. I think I think they do. I think everyone wants to be, but I think that some people are. Not really... everyone. I mean, there are a lot of political people in power. And yeah. Well, I think that they're just. That. I think, well, yeah. It's hard to make a case for those. Goodness in the center of their. Well, that's for sure. Yeah, but I think that's just because they're so far lost. You know, they're just so completely off. The path of, of what goodness is. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it must feel to be that. If you're if you're like perpetrating evil in the world on a regular basis, I don't know how that must feel like in your in your heart. Like what? I don't know what those people wake up to. You know, are they in horror all the time, or do they think they're great and doing the best thing? In the, I don't know. It's just a, it's confusing to me because. I feel like you have to be so far removed from from your own feelings to be doing that kind of shit to other but people. That's the question. It's like the chicken or the egg. Were they evil <laughs> right. to begin with? Were they got shitty to people? Power, the power right. create their evilness. I don't. I mean, lately I've been trying to. Well, first of all, I don't. I don't think or talk politics all that much because I don't think it's a, a realm where people can come together and, you know, I, I don't, I think it's a broken system and we don't, we're no longer trying to make things work. We're just fighting and trying to get what we want. You know, nobody, yeah. it's just like two sides smashing heads constantly and each one trying to get something and never give anything. And yeah. there's, there's no real solution. They're not looking for solutions. They're looking to win. And yeah. so that's not going to work. That never works. I mean, somebody might feel like they win for a minute, which means somebody else loses. And, mm -hmm. you know, basically we're all losing if those are our fucking representative, you know, those, they're supposed to be representing us, those clowns. What a joke, man. So I don't, so yeah. I don't think politics is where it's going to happen. I think it's going to be social change. Like we, we as citizens, as people of, of earth need to band together in, in different ways. And, uh, operate outside of that system as much as we can i still uh, yeah, i still I think you have to vote and you have to sign petitions and you have to protest and you know re resist in whatever way it makes sense for you but but i but i just personally feel i mean i do that i do i resist in my in my way and it works for me i don't think every one of us can be a, a full-time activist and i'm really glad that there are people who are gung-ho about it i mean when I met you, you were super, super inspiring. You were like, you know, you were quite a bit younger than me, but doing a hell of a lot more in terms of like outreach and work for the community. You know, you were running yeah, a Food Not Bombs thing. You were, you started a collective. You were, you know, helping people everywhere you went. You know, you were, didn't you say you were an EMT when you were like 17 or something? Yeah, but before that, it was a candy striper. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've, I just have this calling to change the world yeah. for the better. That's and awesome. it's even in my adult life, continuing forward, uh, um, I think that's why I just fell passionately into my last career as at a local nonprofit where we help the elderly. And... Um, it was still that passion and drive that I had 
yelling and putting my fist up in the street. Like it's that still that your heart pumping enthusiasm. Yeah. But I'm not in the street. I'm in an office. I'm in a dress and a blazer. Right. So it's quite different. I'm. I still have that. That um. That drive is just still like there. Yeah. It's a switch from um being in the streets and right. serving hot soup and you know all those things to um to air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> It is kind of amazing. Like when I, I mean, it's, it's cool that you can bring that same spirit into that world because it's a completely different world from, I mean, I, I'm, re I'm remembering some of the stuff that you would do on a regular basis. Like, first of all, when Katrina happened, you jumped in a car and went down there to help people. Right? Oh my gosh. I can't believe I did that. Right away. Like right away you went down to help a bunch of people and I would have gone with you if I, you know, if I could have, but, uh, and then you were like when the fucking Minutemen were, you know, messing with people at the border, you, uh -huh. you, didn't you go, you I went to Mexico. yeah, you went to freaking Mexico to drive along the border and harass border agents and shit. I can't believe you remember that. I remember stuff. all that stuff. And then we went to the Capitol oh. to protest the Minutemen in Sacramento, you know, and I just think that, um, that's what I mean. Like you can do that stuff when, when it makes sense to do that in your life. And then if yeah. your life changes in a way where you can't be on the front lines of the protest, you can still bring that same fight and same energy and spirit to whatever it is you do. And obviously you're right, or that's the front line kind of changes. Yeah, so exactly. You're on the front line. You know, you fought that battle there and now the new battle now is people suffering in nursing homes with bed sores the size of your fist. And laying in their own waste for two weeks, broken bones going unattended, severe dehydration. Ugh. I could go on and on, but we don't. We want to keep this a little. No, I'm actually curious so, about that. But I, frontline, I think, is just constantly changing. If you continue to look within and and change your own front line, like and, I, and if you continue to want to be a warrior, like you have to be. You have to want to be in battle, you know? Yeah. Which yeah. is tough. Growing up um, through teenagers and adulthood, the stigma of not being emotional, not right. showing emotions. Like, we are human beings full of emotions that ebb and flow and are a constant, it's 
it's what makes us and mm-hmm. to deny an individual's ability to express that or feel that is another um crippling effect huge yeah that's a huge one that's really it made it like almost makes me tear up thinking about it because it's like it's such a it's exactly it you nailed it you know you're you're robbing them of the of that choice to be themselves you know and that's Mm -hmm. we're doing it so early and and so it's it's such a consistent choice somehow or it's not even a choice it's just like a we've fallen into this pattern i think of telling our kids to do the same shit that we did even if we didn't like what we had to do you know yeah that's very good i keep thinking about i shouldn't bring this up because it's you know it's one of those like uh hot topics but um the last couple points you said just i keep going back to and probably because I've had this conversation with many of my mom to be friends, but uh-huh. circumcision. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, um, like the last three things you said, I just kept thinking, you know, a a lot of the um, moms to be learn all this research that you know the risk are far greater. Yeah. You know, um, so. Um, but then the fathers are wanting it. Right. I've found that a lot. Um, thankfully, Mike and I completely agree on this and most of life's big things. That's good. Do you know you are, know what you're gonna do? Oh, we, yeah. We are not gonna circumcise. Oh, cool. And uh, you didn't. Yeah. And you both already knew that. You you didn't have to we, come yeah, to an agreement. We, we kind of had these conversations like while we were dating because they just kind of popped in. If we if we had a kid and if it was a boy, so like that developed, we kind of had a strong relationship before we even became not parents because we're not there yet, but yeah, parents uh, to be. Pregnant. So, wow. That's um, cool. But I'm, I'm seeing the turmoil that can be created between the two spouses um, as talking to people. And anyways, to get back on track here, um, so the men, you're saying that even though it happens to them, they want to keep continuing it. Yeah. So they know they could know all the um, knowing how painful it is to the baby right away. Yeah. How um, you lose sensation. I could go on and on and yeah. on. But um, so even though they know the facts, they and they had it done themselves. They are. They want to continue the pattern, and, and even though eighty-five percent of the world is uncircumcised, they still um, want to do it for their child because of a reason. Like one father, couple we were talking to the other day was saying that he had a bad experience in the locker room. Uh-huh. Like. I've heard so that one before. Put your son through excruciating <laughs> pain, right? Because of a bad locker room experience, like. Right. Well, the other one that I that you hear a lot is like, "Well, I don't want them to look different than me." Like the like the the dad is saying, right. the, the kid, the son is going to be confused if their penis looks different than their dad's." To which I would respond, "Well, like, how often are you, you know, this the dad and the son going to be hanging out naked together?" 
comparing dicks, you know? It's not yeah. like a, it's not, I don't and, think, and, and also the little kids aren't judging things like that. They're just looking at whatever is. And if they ask a question about it, you say, yeah, that's, a, that's an antiquated uh, practice that, you know, where they used to cut the tip of your dick and pull it away, you know, it, it, like, cut it off. yeah, like we don't do that anymore. It's, it's totally barbaric. And, uh, you know, like someday we'll, we'll be saying that, I guess. But is I mean, it, that's is exactly that, like if my son came to Mike and said, why is this different or something? I would be like, it's the open dialogue. Yeah. Like, well, um, uh, you know, my, maybe something like, um, I don't know if my mom had all the information that your mom had. Right. There you and, go. Um, there's two sides to this yeah. and kind of just being open. Like there's, no reason to um tiptoe around the issue like it it's a part of our body right some of us right half <laughs> uh, our bodies yeah. yeah it's a part of men's bodies and um i i don't think we need to uh be afraid to talk about it well i think that's a that's where a lot of the problems start is that you know there's a taboo around a topic in the first place where there shouldn't be. I mean, what, what, why in God's name would anybody shy away from talking about their own body? You know, unless we, yeah. unless we had put some weird taboo on it, like it just makes no sense. Like we're not, we're not allowed to name the parts. We have to give them like little cute names to make it okay to, to say it out loud. It's so, it's so bizarre. You know, we're such, yeah. it's amazing to me that like we can pretend to be these like hyper, intellectual you know fully civilized fully realized beings and then still have these infantile habits like that where we're like oh pee pee poo poo hee hee you know you can't yeah. you like you can't say to your own kid like here are the here are your parts and here's what they do and here you know you should be able to talk about that stuff it's, it's yeah i just i just want to be like completely real and open and honest well you will be because that's how, that's how you are already i mean that's that was like one of the first things i was struck by about you is that you didn't change who you were for anybody you didn't and i love that i've always admired that in people when they can just they don't they don't like have to be a chameleon because i i learned to be a chameleon that's just it was my defense mechanism that's how i felt safe because i could pretend to fit in even if i didn't feel like i fit in um but yeah, i feel like i couldn't even do that if i tried just because it would be so unnatural and exhausting but at the same time i can see how it makes things and situations so much smoother like it's not easy always being yourself because yeah. you have a lot of uh conversations that you might regret <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you're like oh man i little i went a little bit too far there yeah, exactly or <laughs> put my foot in my mouth so again it changed with the situation and then changed back you know they have pros and cons both. definitely yeah it's it yourself. right well i i mean i don't know since i've only known this one way i can't say what like how, if I could have done it differently that I would have, I don't know. I, I just know that the way it happened is that I didn't know uh, how I was supposed to be because it didn't, the way that I felt didn't really match up with what people were saying, you know, it, I should feel, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think I just learned really early on 
the, the only way to make it work is to tell people what they want to hear. And I didn't, you know, or at least that was the way to like get, get by, get through a situation if you felt uncomfortable, you know, it's like, well, I'll get out of this faster if I just tell them what they want to hear and be done. Yeah. You know, it's the same reason people confess to crimes they didn't commit, you know, they right, ju right. they just feel beaten down and exhausted. And they're like, I, I give up. I don't know how to fit. I don't, there's no resolution. So I'll just leave. I just want to get out of here. So I'll just tell you whatever it is. So I think yeah. that, you know, if you're a kid doing that and you're doing it consistently for long enough, you start to lose sight of what is real and what the, re you know, you lose sight of yourself because you're, you're so used to saying what appeases people. Right back to what we were talking about early. In the beginning, yeah. Getting yeah. off, off your track because you're being molded by this falseness. And eventually you don't know who you are anymore. partner a life partner is just amazing it is it is a miracle You're, i mean out of all the you know billions of people on the planet yeah for, for two to find each other and and really want to be together for both of them to want to be together it's a that is a big it's a big deal i mean it makes you yeah. it makes me think there must be some other thing at work you know it's not just chance it has to be I don't, I'm not, I don't know exactly what my belief is around that. I don't want to say that it's all preordained and, you know, God is up there pointing to this person is going to meet that person and on this, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it all works, but it certainly feels like there's more magic involved than just logic, you know? Definitely. There's a lot of magic going on out there. <laughs> yeah. And I think the more you are open to it the more you come across for sure and you can create and, it you create your own you know yeah if you're open to it 
with that, you know, positively positivity and like just working and striving to be better. Like you're creating magic doing that. And, um, so yeah, um, that, that was a major factor. And so then once we did get pregnant, um, it was, it was, a. I think it's a shock first time mom for any first time mom, but for me, it just seemed extra, I don't know, extra magical Uh because it's maybe something that I've wanted and, um, for so long, but not really realizing. Yeah. I was going to ask if that's, if that's what came to light for you if you because I, I never thought of you as someone I mean you were always very loving and nurturing and I remember you I mean you, you would take care of other people's kids you know really well so I could see you being a mother but I never thought of you as as wanting that you know and so oh, yeah but it's, and I, so it do you think came from not finding the right person okay like, but so do you think that before you met him do you think that it even crossed your, I mean, did you think I, someday I want to have a kid if I find yeah, it? Okay. Definitely. So someday you, when I had the right person, I want a kid. Okay, and, but, but eventually you get older, you know, you're in your thirties and you still don't have that person. So the kid is not really, doesn't seem, it seems not possible at that point. Yeah. Time um, is running out. If, you feel like you're yeah. racing the clock. I'm sure a lot of women feel like that, even if they're not sure that they want to have kids. Like just mm-hmm. just thinking about the fact that you may not have a choice anymore would be would be anxiety producing, I think. You know? Yeah. Unless you're like absolutely positive you don't want kids and then you'd be like, Cool, whatever. The sooner the better, you know. But for yeah. any but any woman who's just even remotely considering it, you don't want to close that door, you know? So well, I couldn't be happier for you that you found that man. You found the partner you were looking for. Yeah. 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 It's pretty amazing, and you're, you're you seem like you're in a really good place. You seem happy. I am. You know, I'm probably at uh, not probably. I am at the best place in my mind, in my body, in my spirit, in my soul than I've ever been, and I just want to keep. I want to keep raising the bar, you know, yeah. I don't want to stop here. I want to just like keep going and going and, um, keep getting happier and happier because the world is full with like things to bring you down. And I'm at a spot where I am truly happy. Wow. That's amazing. And how many people can say that? Like, and, and to be able to say that, I feel extremely blessed. Like it is all of this, like having an amazing husband, having being pregnant with a healthy baby, um, all of these things I am so grateful for. And I'm just, I'm truly blessed. But, but I also think you should, you know, you're deserving of some of the credit yourself because you're, you're going out there with the positive attitude. You're creating good energy for yourself and those around you, right? And then you're also showing gratitude for everything that's all the benefits that you're receiving. So that's a complete cycle. That's a, you have a, like a system that works, you know, 
you're bringing good into the world, good comes back to you. You bring some more out to the world, you know? And then you just expand your circle and more and more people get brought into that sort of love energy. And that's how we change the world, I think. I mean, Exactly, yeah. I just want to make it like I want like what I'm feeling for other people to feel and I want the world to like be in the spot with me because yeah. the world right now is in such a sad heartbreaking time that I almost feel selfish for feeling this good. Well, when I look at what's going on in the world, I don't feel good, but I almost feel like, okay, let's catch the world up to like, so we can feel, so the world and I can feel good together. (laughs) There you go. I think that's a much better, that's saying, you know, let's bring everybody to the good place rather than let me slow down and be unhappy a little bit so I can fit in with everybody that's also unhappy, you know? That's insanity. Yeah. That's crazy to, to want. I mean, I don't think you should feel guilty at all. I think that's a, that's a factor of a society that has taught us to, you know, value the wrong things, you know? Mm-hmm. Because that's you're, what you're valuing is the best possible thing. You shouldn't have any guilt about that. You know, you're you're doing something beautiful and you're proving that you can be happy in your life in spite of the world around you. And, you know, and that's part of how you change the world around you is by setting the example that you want for yourself, for your kid, for your partner, for your friends, you know, and for the the whole species. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think like you have to look at the nitty gritty Mm-hmm. thing in order to appreciate feeling this good and I think working with the elderly really and seeing the suffering in these nursing homes and then that and then all the other you just turn on all you have to do is turn on the news for you know, five so seconds being aware being um uh Wanting a difference through your awareness. Yeah, and you can and you can make a difference by you know by bringing your awareness into the light for other people. Yeah. Not, not by forcing it on them and saying do it this way, but which is mm-hmm. which I have <laughs> I have a bad habit of doing you know just like sort of criticizing people's methods you know when I when I think that they're clumsy or whatever it's. It's a bad habit. I'd like to change it, and I'm working on it because I I think everybody has their own way of doing things, and they need to have their own way. And I yeah. ta- and I talk a big game about like letting people be who they are, but then I still have this very judgmental sort of take when when it comes to other people doing it wrong. You know, like yeah, yeah, you're doing yeah. it wrong. Do, but but I think that the best thing that we can do is is do it right for ourselves. Like do you know? Just model the thing that we believe in and other people will see it. They'll, they'll pick up on yeah. it eventually. It's going to take a while. But. It's going to take a while. Hopefully, hopefully not much longer because we, we have got to change things. But anyways, yeah, the, the fact of, you know, being hypocritical and, um, and, and I'm totally guilty too. And like, I remember one time I had lunch with my brother and, I gave him this lecture on um, don't talk on your phone while driving or something like right. that. And then when we were leaving, I picked up the phone 
started calling my boss, letting her know I'm I'm on my way back to the office. Right. As you're like, starting the car and pulling away. So he pulls up right beside me and says, "No talk on the phone." And it, in that moment, I started thinking about all the things that what else yeah. you know. And is there anything else I'm doing that I'm not aware of? So, Good and raising kids, I think it's very important to look at that and yeah. walk the walk. Yep. Yeah, you're going to be asking yourself that that question a lot. Like, is there oh, are there other ways that I'm influencing this person without knowing it, or am I doing something that I say I'm saying one thing and doing another? That I mean. You like when children see this and experience it with their parents who are supposed to set the examples, what are we teaching them? Yeah. yeah so right. I, I really like one of my goals as a parent to be is, um, you know, leading by example. I, and, um, and I guess that just kind of stems back to everything we've talked about from being truthful and honest and all that. If you just keep that, then um, that's the example. But, you know, it sounds every little thing. Like, don't talk on your phone when driving. Yeah. If you do. Yeah. What? Don't well, talk you, with your mouth full. Teaching. Don't, you know, don't, you know, every little, yeah. Everything that you, basically every single behavior and mannerism that you have is is on display for your child you know so yeah. when, if you're if you're saying one thing i mean i remember being a very small kid and having the thought oh adults are full of shit they <laughs> they lie they lie to your face you know because i saw an example of it i was like okay well my my parent is saying this thing or whoever it was they're saying this thing and i'm watching them and they're not abiding by that rule that they just set forth so clearly that must be okay like that's something that i learned at a young age it must be okay to say th one thing and then do something totally opposite and that's not a great that's not a great uh barometer for you know how to be if you if you're right. if you're taught oh yeah you can lie if you want lying is okay that's not it you know so i think truth like if you could make truth the the number one uh, priority you know just being honest a priority yeah. I think you're off to a great start because uh, your kid sees it. Your kid can see it, hear it in your words, and see it modeled in your behavior. Yeah, I just hope I don't take it to the extreme. It's, I, it's not because like my husband and I feel the same way about this, but um, we we want to be so honest that we're not even going to tell him that there's a Santa Claus, yeah. and then awesome. years later be like. Um, when they come to ask yeah. if they're like, oh, no, there isn't, but we just lied to you for the last 10 years. <laughs> exactly. Uh sickness and all the worst morning sickness afternoon sickness and <laughs> oh. night sickness. It, 
there's for, no designation of time. It was really rough on me. And for the whole first trimester? It was like that? Yeah, basically. Oh, that's awful. I couldn't even open up the refrigerator to... The smells would... Would make you um, nauseous? Me. Eating was hard. It was just... Oh. It was bad. But then second, I got a lot better. And now I'm one week... Actually, half a week now that it's Friday. For my third <laughs> trimester... And so first trimester, it felt like it was going to be forever. Am I going to make it through? Like, can yeah. I even get to the next date? Now that I'm getting on to my third, I feel like I I want to have the baby. Like, I want to hold him. I want to kiss him. I want to rock him, everything. But I also don't want to stop being pregnant because it's, um, like, I love my belly. Uh-huh. Of the changes. Um it also grows you like it it is the closest you can get to a create to the creator and creating something like together simultaneously yeah and so it's really made it's really uh if you you can keep going through life being pregnant and not grow but for me this has been a very big time of Self, more continuing self-development yeah. because it really makes you going back to the beginning looking within and um I don't I do want my baby but I also am really enjoying being pregnant right now That's even cool. though there are moments where yeah <laughs> I will be like what did I just say yeah where my belly's very achy or um you know, I just, I don't feel good, but yeah. for the most part, um, I don't want it to end because I, a, I don't know if I'll have more children. So I kind of feel like I got to really savor this Yeah, is it's such a magical time. I gotta, yeah. and so when each day goes by, it's like, um, I just want to enjoy it to the fullest. That's awesome. It seems like you are. I mean, I, I, it seems like you're very present with the with every bit of it. I, I mean, I might uh, be wrong, every but that's... Kick, every move and kick. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. So do you think... I wonder if that's why some women... I mean, I'm sure people have many reasons for having kids, but I wonder how much of it for women is... Like, the women who loved the pregnancy part, I wonder how many women would just do it again just for that, you know? Like I wanna, I wanna feel that whole thing again—the growing a life inside of me, and you know, like they, yeah. I, because I think there are mothers. I don't know if I know them personally, but I feel like I've heard people talk about women they know who don't—they really just like the, like leading up to childbirth and maybe the beginning parts of, you know, like taking care of babies, but they don't really love yeah. the kids and you know teenagers right. and grown-ups yeah or, they just like the, uh, the early stages so they want yeah, to keep doing I, that and they wind up having 10 kids because they they like that process so much but then their kids are like well mom lost interest in us as soon as we turned four so i guess we're right. on our own i guess we'll just be we'll just learn some other way so that's a very sad, sad scenario that I don't want to get too much into my situation, but um, I feel like my mom kind of, her interest went elsewhere mm. when I was younger. Okay. And 
So that's one thing I'm like, I want to be a constant in his life. Nice. Like when he's a child, teenager, when he's an adult, like I don't want to sever our relationship to any degree. Of course. I want to only grow. And having this experience with my own mother, I think some people might be like, oh, that's good. You're going to recreate that. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that happens to you. So it's just a cycle. Yep. I don't believe that. I don't I either. Believe, yeah. You break the I chain. You just got to break the chain. You, yeah. You have to be the one to do it. Like if you have the awareness that it's wrong, then you change it. You have to, or else, you know, you're going to repeat it for your, you know, for your kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I know how much it hurt me. So I wouldn't want to hurt. Yeah. this innocent person and um and i'm not her i'm me right that's a big one that's a big thing to remember like you're not you don't do it just because somebody else did it you're a different person you can live, yeah. live a different life you know mm-hmm. you don't have to follow anybody's pattern you got you you create your own you know it's yeah. just it's hard to do and we're not really encouraged to do it in our society but but it is possible and if you're I, a, yeah if you're a parent, you get to show your kid that it's possible. Something you just said kind of hit me, um, like self-reflection, stepping back and like examining yourself, like you're watching yourself. I think if you do that, like it really centers you because that's when you see when you're being hypocritical and yeah. judging. And, it's true. Uh, and so hopefully if I can just always observe myself I can make sure that I'm being the parent that I I today and I in the future want to be yeah yeah I think that's I mean yeah I think it's you first have to have the awareness right and then you, <laughs> and then like we were saying you have to take action you have to put that awareness into action if you want to yeah. see changes but it starts with being able to look honestly at what's there and and ta- tell the truth about it to yourself you know yeah that's where it starts i think because if you're starting if you're telling a story from the very beginning about who you are then everything you do in the world is going to be you know flavored by that story it's all going to be according to that you know i'm this character i'm portraying this character in life you know that's weird. Yeah. It's weird, but people do that. They kind of pick a role and stick to it. Speaking of stories and starting stories from the beginning, mm-hmm. do you remember the story of how we first met? Um, I remember. Well, did you did you come over to borrow a cup of sh- sugar or salt or something, or was it because of our the door? I think it was because of the doorbell, the the garage door opener worked like you remember but keep trying well one thing i remember i remember that because i lived in a little apartment that was behind a, a garage that was underneath the the apartment above it and my doorbell i would have to go through my door through the garage and open the garage door to answer the door so if somebody rang the doorbell i would go open the garage door but also somebody in the neighborhood had a had a clicker that opened my garage door so and i think it was your i thought it was your roommate or somebody 
Is what, so she would open your door? That's, I, like, there were times when the garage door would open, and I knew my neighbors upstairs weren't home, and I knew that I didn't open it, and I would go out there, and they're like, what the, who just opened the door? And I'd, like, see somebody pulling into their own driveway around the corner or something. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so here's the story. So... I was going to um, City College of San Francisco, and I would bike there every day. Okay. um, Not every. I'm sure it was not every day. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) The days you didn't take the bus. Okay. Okay. And uphill in snow, both ways. That's right. Right. No, but there were definitely some hills. That was no joke. And killer Um, dogs chasing you, and. Yeah. You know, people throwing it rocks. It was a 35-minute bike ride. It, it yeah, was, it was, it's a it was dope. So anyways, I'm coming home one day, and um, it's in the evening time. So I went on to two different campuses, and I worked. And it was so funny. I just the visualization is, like, coming back. I, I had a drawing class, and okay. I would have that big black drawing. Oh, yeah. And I would toss it over my shoulder and bike. Right. So it was like, um, I'd have a class at one campus. I'd go and I'd work close to the other campus, which was um, near Noe Valley. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. So I worked in this cafe there. I would work all day and then I would take my nighttime drawing class and then ride back okay and this is just prepping gotta prep the yeah, story yeah, yeah. set like the stage the edge, you know right we're getting there. <laughs> there okay you gotta have you gotta be in the, this moment with the visuals so right. i'm riding back riding back home with my big drawing bag i mean it's like drawing paper it's not a, a note sketch pad no it's like a huge portfolio or whatever yeah the huge portfolio swung on the back. Okay. All these hills. And then um, I had a spirally staircase. Uh-huh. And that hill's no joke. Bernal Heights riding up that hill. Oh, yeah. Hill. That's rough. And any, way you, any way you slice it, it's you got to go up a big hill. It's a big hill, all right. Yeah. And so then I had the spirally staircases up to my room. Okay. And on the outside, right? Yeah, the outside. Is it coming back to you? No, I remember the apartment really well. I remember your like your room and how you entered from no, the... No, yeah, the moment. The, you no, haven't gotten to No, I'm, I'm waiting for the big reveal. I, I like that I forgot about it because you, okay. you can live so, it again. Yeah, I'm, so I go up the steps, step, 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 uh-huh. step, step. Then I get to the top of the steps uh-huh. and I see something... Not quite sure what it is, but it's big and furry, and I run down the steps screaming, and at the I ran all the way across the street and ran into you. Holy shit. You... And, and uh, you're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. There's something up on my stairs. That's right. Now I remember. Was it, is it yeah, like an opossum or something? Yeah, it was a possum. Okay. I think you went to get a flashlight or something. You're like, I live right across the street. I'll get a flashlight. We'll see what's going on. <laughs> and like, I don't even know you. Just some random person. I just like ran down the stairs across the street and like, I think I like ran into you. I was like walking and you came. You like ran right up. I'm trying to remember yeah. that part of it. I remember. 
That's so funny. So then we go up the stairs and we look and it's a possum. Amazing. Uh, and then, was it that same night that you were like, do because I remember coming in to meet your your roommate and we like made rice and she was having a salad or something, you know? I remember like putting rice on the, the stove and, uh -huh. her, and had your roommate saying like, don't you want to cover that? Because we didn't. We were both like dumb young bachelors, had no idea how to raise ourselves. We're like, oh, is that how you make rice? You got to put the lid on. So, uh, but that, like, that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Like, I'll remember. Like, forget parts like that. Yeah, see, I'll remember those kinds of details, and then yeah. I'll forget like the whole the main event. It's weird. That's my. And I don't, and I don't remember the small things like that. So yeah, our paths combined, we got a full story. That's pretty great. That's why humans need to work together. Our brains work in different ways, but they're complementary. They can help each other. Right? Definitely. Nice. Well, what do you think? I think maybe we should um, start to wind down. Do you, how do you feel? Yeah. You good? That's what in our office I would go around at the end of the day and say, "All right, guys," and I would say it all the time that they just. All my volunteers would just end my sentence for me. That's a wrap. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, you say, all right, guys, and they say, that's a wrap? Yep. Nice. Good deal. Get on out of here. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for talking. It's really great to catch up with you after all this time. And I don't know why we never thought of doing the video thing before. It's great to see you. Yeah. Like 10 years I did, later. I kind of fell off the planet there for a few years. I, I did too, yeah. We both went into our little hermit holes for a decade and now yeah. we're back. I think so. I feel like a better, I feel like I'm better off for it. And it seems like you're yeah. doing great. So maybe we, maybe we're onto something, you know? Yeah. Go, go hide go, for a little bit. Go <laughs> yeah. Go look in the mirror for a bit, even if you don't yeah. like what you see. Oh, look, look at Leroy real quick. He's so cute. That's window seat. He's awesome. What a what a champ. That's a good spot. <laughs> I was thinking last night, I we'll wrap this up soon, okay. how I spoke to you when I first soon found out I was pregnant. Uh -huh. And now I'm in the third trimester. It's crazy. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of your life in at all those different intersections it's been you know i've really it's been cool to get to know you over so many years even with all the space in between i had an idea too. okay let me hear it <laughs> what about we one session one thing we turn around and i interview you <laughs> we could do that i mean i'm i try to i don't really see it as an interview i just see it as a conversation where we're both uh, talking and i feel like i try to share as much i mean usually i share That's too much true. i talk more than my no. guests sometimes so it's, good. it's a good exchange okay cool okay, well, i'll let you go I'll until let you... next time all right well thanks so much for being on good rest of your day you too it's great talking to you you too i don't know how to end it so. <laughs> the, the red button oh there it is okay, okay. bye, bye. finally got to say bye at the end of an episode and uh, have it actually be appropriate, uh, which doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing it.
in the studio episodes. Sorry. Um, so that was my friend Sophia. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Um, I felt like we talked about a lot of really great stuff and I didn't want to cut it out just because the sound was a little off. Uh, so I hope you agree. Hope you like the music. Please don't steal it. Uh, if you do, I'm going to call the police who are, uh, who may or may not be dependable. I don't know. Uh, I saw one last week, uh, a police officer that is. I saw two of them jump out of a car after screeching to a halt in front of a bunch of us in an intersection. I was in my car. And uh, they started running across the street toward the Walgreens. And um, one of them dropped her cell phone just after she had racked the so shotgun and started running through the intersection. She dropped her cell phone and knelt down to pick it up while she was running with a loaded shotgun with a bunch of people standing around. Um so that was pretty exciting. And then they got back in the car and took off after the suspect, and that's all I saw. So um, anyway, that's what'll happen if you steal my music. Um, I don't know. That's probably not. But uh, if you're a big corporation, please do steal my music, and then I'll sue you, and then you can um, you can pay for me to live for the rest of my month. I don't know. I'll probably barely win anything. Okay. I love to rant. And you love to hear it. Okay, I'll see you next week, everybody. I won't see you. I'll hear you. You'll hear me. Bye.